Um, in my second year of uh, serving as an assistant pastor here in New City, um, I was I was living in the YMCA. Uh, if if you know what the YMCA is, it's a it's a working men's hostel. Uh, every year they they hold a Christmas program, and on this particular year in 2017, uh, the secretary of my YMCA, Mumbai Central YMCA, uh, asked me to give the Christmas talk for that year. I, I agreed to it. And uh, to my utter shock, they printed out posters uh, saying talk by Reverend Felix Kerry Pucky. And I was like, whoa, I, 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 the first thing I do is I go to the secretary. I'm like, I'm nowhere close to being a reverend. Uh, but he probably wanted to add some kind of weightage to my name uh, so that, you know, people actually accept uh, this, this young uh, fellow back then I had a man bun as well so I don't know how they accepted me probably this is his way of uh, adding weightage to my name uh, so so on the day of the event I went along with all the guys that we stayed with uh, we were quite a fun batch we were cheering on every performance that was happening all the dances so YMCA's from different YMCA and different surrounding hostels would come and we would host a nice Christmas program uh, the MC was this girl who who came to us repeatedly and said, "You need to maintain the decorum of this meeting. Uh, you can't cheer and loud, and you can't cheer out loud and and uh, shout after every performance. You need to maintain the decorum." So we were like, "Okay, okay." Uh, so when the time for the talk came, uh, she she said, "Now I invite Reverend Felix Kerry Pucky uh, to give the Christmas message." I walk up to the stage. And she was still clearly looking for someone else. So I went to her and I, and I asked her uh, for the mic. She was like, what? I was like, I am Felix. And you should have seen the expression on her face change in that moment. She was definitely not expecting this loud cheering guy uh, as the reverend who was going to speak, uh, give the Christmas message. Sometimes we get so familiar with things that, that we're shocked to find anything that, that doesn't fit inside our worldview, that, that, doesn't, uh, that doesn't sit right with the way we see things. And it's so true, especially in our relationship with Jesus. We, we, we probably become too familiar with spiritual and church things that we're probably missing out on the real deal. Even as we walk into this new year, my prayer for this sermon um, uh, and, and for this year for all of us is that we will actually look at Jesus through fresh eyes, that we will have a real and powerful encounter with this real Jesus, that, that we will let him strip all these layers of familiarity that we have and that he will make us and help us fall in love with him afresh. And hence the talk for today is titled, Jesus Afresh. Jesus Afresh. We're going to be looking at a story from, uh, uh, from Jesus' time on earth, um, where he was doing really well during this time. People were coming to faith in him. He was doing these amazing miracles. Uh, he was speaking and teaching in all these synagogues around. And uh, he comes to his own hometown he grew up in this place called Nazareth and he goes on to speak uh, and, and he goes on to preach. Now, uh, people struggle 
in his own hometown people struggle to see beyond the jesus they've seen and heard all their lives he spent 30 years in this hometown before he actually started his ministry and and when he comes and speaks to them they they when he comes and reveals himself as god they struggle to see beyond this jesus that they've probably seen and heard and did life with for 30 years here's here's how the passage goes it'll come up for us on the screen we we're, we're going to be looking at uh, an account written by luke uh, one of the followers of jesus and uh, he 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 narrates this event like this he went to nazareth where he had been brought up and on the sabbath day he went into the synagogue as was his custom he stood up to read and the scroll of prophet isaiah this is the same prophet we've been looking at through the advent season who lived 700 years before the the scroll of prophet isaiah was handed to him and rolling it he found the place where it is written the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him he began by saying to them today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips isn't this joseph's son they asked jesus said to them surely you will quote this proverb to me physician heal yourself and you will tell me do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in capernaum truly i tell you he continued no prophet is accepted in his hometown we're going to be skipping a couple of verses all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this they got up drove him out of the town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff but he walked right through the crowd and went on his way allow me to just pray um and surrender our hearts uh to to the holy spirit to do his work jesus we are here to experience you in a very real and fresh way holy spirit this morning would you strip away any layer of familiarity any layer of ah, i heard this before ah, i know this would you strip all these layers and and give us fresh eyes would you would you set our captive hearts free to experience and see jesus and fall in love with him all over again this is what we want for this year holy spirit would you do this would you do this even right now even as we hear your word i submit my mouth uh, to you would you use me this morning in your name we pray jesus amen amen here's how the framework of the talk is going to go um, we're going to be looking at three things the first thing we're going to be looking at is our familiarity with jesus 
The second thing we're going to be looking at is how familiarity kills faith. And the third thing that we're going to be looking at is the antidote which Jesus gives. Let's drive straight in our familiarity with Jesus. Now, Jesus is, is coming back and he's preaching and he's saying these amazing things. Uh, he preaches and everyone is amazed at the gracious words that come from his lips. And the immediate reaction is, hey, isn't this Joseph's son? This Joseph and Mary that we grew up with, isn't this Joseph's son? He asked. Now, to give a little context, like I told you before, 30 years before Jesus started his public ministry, he spent and grew up in this town. This is a very small, non-popular town in that region. So they would have seen Jesus as a baby growing up. They would have known his parents. Uh, Jesus' uh, father, uh, earthly father, Joseph was a carpenter and Jesus also was. So Jesus would have probably helped build some kind of furniture in their homes uh, during his 30 years that he lived there. And, And in those days, Jesus was a very common name. It's almost like a Rahul in North India and a Ravi in South India, right? It didn't invite, the name Jesus didn't invite the kind of response it it invites today. Now, suddenly after 30 years, he's going around this region. He's doing amazing miracles. He's going to different synagogues all over the region. He's preaching and teaching. He's the new viral thing. Everyone is talking about him. Now, as per his custom, he comes back to his place, this place that he grew up with, and he's invited to speak in his home synagogue. This is his hometown. He goes up, reads this prophecy, which is about 700 years old, declares himself as the Messiah that they've been waiting for centuries. Firstly, everyone is amazed at the gracious words. And the immediate realization is, Isn't this Joseph's son? They were so familiar with the Jesus, the man that they they were used to and they grew up with that they were blinded to see Jesus, the God. Isn't this relatable? We have all grown up with Jesus in some sense, not physically, but irrespective of who we are, we all have some kind of idea of who Jesus is. Now, I know that I'm speaking to different kinds of people today. Some of us have probably grown up in Christian homes. We have have, have grown up listening to Christian things. The Bible stories are very familiar to us. Um, It's it's probably become become a part of our mundane day-to-day lives. We know the right things to say. We know the right prayers to pray. I'm not saying we don't have an active walk with Jesus. We, We do. But the things that once used to excite us, the things that once used to burn in our hearts, that passion for Jesus isn't probably there anymore. Now, I know that some of us have probably uh, attended church as a tradition or a rule because we've grown up. Uh, we are probably familiar with Christianese, this, this, uh, this strange language that Christians all over the world speak and only probably they understand and they get. We're probably familiar with this, but we don't care enough to engage with deeper. Now, some of us are probably not even followers of Jesus, but either to our Christian friends or through studying in Christian institutions or watching these movies 
where where christianity is shown we have an idea of christianity an idea of jesus and we are familiar with it we all have grown up with an idea of jesus now no matter where we are this idea of jesus probably doesn't excite us anymore now does this mean that jesus has now become boring does this mean that jesus has nothing new to offer does this mean that we know everything that is there to know about jesus has the bible become boring no look at the verse now this is the same jesus they grew up with these are the same scriptures they grew up listening to when jesus reads them from isaiah and he proclaims himself as the messiah they were amazed they were definitely wowed by jesus they were in awe of jesus but here's the thing they didn't let it soak in their hearts long enough to see jesus as more than a mere joseph's son that he was the very son of god hey haven't we experienced this at new city by the grace of god he has given us the grace to experience some really good preaching and teaching uh, be it be it our sunday sermons be it uh, this amazing teaching in form of gospel centered life gospel centered community and even the cbr sessions that we we've, we've experienced together all of us can testify to the fact that we have been wowed by the word of god when it speaks to us we have been wowed by jesus but just as the nazarenes who didn't dwell on those words long enough to merely look at jesus hey isn't this joseph's son we have also moved on quickly into our normal ways of doing life we have not dwelt on these words i'm speaking for myself first i haven't dwelt on these words long enough for them to become real in my heart for them to to see uh, for them to even soak my heart in so that my heart starts to see jesus as god and and worship him this is how familiarity kicks in my friends when we don't dwell on these moments when god speaks and when the word speaks to us after a point we stop appreciating our hearts lose the wonder for the gospel of jesus when we don't spend moments and dwell and meditate on what we have with the help of the holy spirit i am so vulnerable to it uh many a times especially in in a pastoral role like this i've i've gone through many seasons like this when jesus isn't exciting to my heart anymore you know i was so close and familiar with jesus that at one point in time i was attending three gospel application groups three gap groups that meant on any given average week i would probably do cbr nine times a week and it became a just another activity and and i i i would know what the right things to say from the passage i i knew what the right prayers were to pray from the, from that passage but in that moment it didn't actually make a difference in my heart it didn't grip my heart in adoration and worship of jesus probably you're in that place today probably no matter where you are this 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 familiarity with the idea of jesus that we have has made our hearts numb and indifferent to the 
actual Jesus. How does familiarity kill faith? How does familiarity kill faith? This is the second thing that I hope to unpack for us. The Nazarenes were so familiar with Jesus that that they, they knew and experienced that when he actually revealed to himself as God and as the Messiah, they rejected him. Here's how familiarity kills faith. Now the world is waiting for a vaccine for COVID, right? We're all waiting for this vaccine for COVID. Now, as a non-medical student, I was reading up some stuff on how vaccines work. This is how it actually works. And if there's a medical student and I'm wrong, kindly show me some grace. This is how it works. They, they infect, they inject a bit of the virus in safe amounts to our bodies so that our bodies become familiar with this virus and it naturally develops antibodies to fight it. So when the real thing comes and hits us, our bodies know how to fight it and are not affected by it. Here's the thing. We might be consuming Jesus in safe and small amounts that our bodies are so familiar with it that when the real Jesus is coming, even without knowing our hearts, are rejecting him. Our hearts have become immune to the real Jesus. Familiarity with Jesus' things kills faith by making us immune to the real Jesus. Familiarity with these these uh, really Jesus things that familiarity with Christianism really kills faith by making us immune to the real Jesus. How do we know that we have become immune to the real Jesus? How do we know? Look at what happened when the Nazarenes came in touch with Jesus, the God. It says, all the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard Jesus. They were furious. When the Nazarenes encountered the real Jesus, they were offended by him. Their sinfulness was offended. They were called out. While Jesus is filled with love and grace, he is also just and he reveals himself as the rock of offense. He offends our sinfulness. If Jesus is indeed God and we are indeed messed up and sinful, then a real encounter with Jesus must offend our sinfulness and lead us into real and deep repentance. He, of course, then comforts us with grace and forgives us and loves us into transformation. But feeling that offense is very important. If the only thing we want to feel from Jesus is comfort and we don't want to feel the offense of our sinfulness, then we have probably become too familiar and too comfortable with the idea of Jesus and we have become immune to the real Jesus. Lack of ongoing repentance is a sure sign of our immunity to Jesus, the real, actual Jesus as we see in the Bible. 
In other words, when we start rejecting and ignoring things that offend us from the Bible, we are probably on the route to becoming immune to the real Jesus. And that is what the Nazarenes did. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to go and push him off from the hill. What is the antidote? Do we relate to this? If we are probably in that place, what is the antidote to our hearts becoming immune to the real Jesus? Didn't Jesus know that he was going to be rejected in Nazareth? Didn't Jesus know that a prophet, he quotes, a prophet is not accepted in his hometown? Didn't Jesus know that? He, of course, did. Jesus knew this. But yet, Luke, the writer of this gospel, in recording this as the first incident of Jesus' public ministry, tells us that Jesus went back to Nazareth, the very synagogue in which the people were too familiar with him. This place where where people have seen him grow up, people have physically been the closest proximity to him for 30 years. Jesus comes to this place and reads this 700-year-old prophecy from Isaiah, and which, which declares the mission of the Messiah. And he, and, and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In other words, Jesus is looking at the people who are physically closest to him for the last 30 years. They knew him very well. They were familiar with him. And he's saying, I know, I see your spiritual poverty. I know that sin has imprisoned you. I know that you are struggling to see me as the Messiah because sin has blinded you. I have come to proclaim the good news to you. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, traditionally, a prophet would bring the message of God and he would tell them, if you obey, you will be blessed. If you disobey, you will be cursed. But Jesus, this greater prophet, comes knowing our inability to obey. He comes knowing our inability to surrender. Instead of proclaiming curse, For the people who disobeyed and rejected him, he proclaims the year of the Lord's favor, which means all their debts, all their wrongdoings, all their sinfulness washed clean. Jesus, the greater prophet, could do that because he was cursed in our place. So that we disobedient, headstrong, adamant people who are captive in our own sinfulness, who are blind by our own brokenness, can experience God's favor. Jesus came to proclaim the year, the Lord's favor to these people, to us, broken, disobedient, adamant, headstrong people. The Nazarenes took him to the town to, took him to the brow of the hill from their town, in their town. 
because they wanted to push him off from there because they were angry with him. But Jesus walked away from there because soon he would go on top of an other hill and hang on a cross which read, Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, in mocking terms. On that cross, Jesus died and Jesus paid for your sin and mine. He is the greater prophet who was cursed in our place so you and I can experience the year of the Lord's favor and grace. Friends, shall we acknowledge and take time to think how have we become too familiar with this Jesus and Jesus thinks that we are actually blind and immune to the real Jesus. Jesus doesn't condemn us for this, but he lovingly draws us in and he says, I will heal your brokenness. I have come for this. I want to set you free. I want to drop the scales in your eyes so that you can see me afresh that you can fall in love with me afresh every day. Even as we step into this new year, how can we develop real fresh pathways to experience this real Jesus so that he can make a real difference in our lives? I'd like to close by giving us only one application and I'd like to share my screen to do that. Maybe it's time to let the old ways die Maybe it's time to let the old ways die It takes a lot to change a man Hell, it takes a lot to try Maybe it's time to let the old ways die Nobody speaks to God these days Nobody speaks to God these days I'd like to think he's looking down And laughing out of ways Nobody speaks to God these days I think it's probably a very good time To let these old ways die to let these old ways that we have expected Jesus to work in our lives and you become too familiar with die and actually sit. Let's sit with his word. Let's sit with his spirit and say, do a new thing in my heart today. I've become immune. Would you strip away all these layers of familiarity? Probably a good place to start is actually have an honest conversation this morning. Jesus was longing to have that honest conversation. Hey, Jesus, this is where I am. Would you speak to me? Start a conversation with God. A real and honest conversation. This is also an invitation to those of us who are not followers of Jesus. Hey, you have probably experienced Jesus uh, and you, you, have, you have these preconceived ideas through whatever movies or through friends or through what people have told you. Hey, Jesus 
is much more than anything you can ask or imagine. And Jesus is longing to have a conversation with you as well. Hey, Jesus, would you, would you like to say, hey, Jesus, if you are real, would you speak to me afresh? Would you, would you reveal yourself to me? I want to know you. Would you, want to, would you like to have that honest conversation with Jesus this morning? This is my prayer for all of us. Allow me to just close us in prayer. Holy Spirit, uh, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you for showing and revealing Jesus to our hearts in a fresh way. Lord, I pray that starting with me, this will not end in this moment. Just as the Nazarenes were vowed and then later on went on to just see things as they were seeing them before. Would you continue? Would you, would you build on this wow moment? Would you build on this real moment where you're doing business with my heart? May I continue? Help me to remain in Jesus. And would you help me experience? Would you help us all experience Jesus in a very relevant and new way? Lord, things around us in this new year might not change, but you are starting a new thing in us. You are starting a new thing in our hearts. Help us to surrender. Help us to submit to your work. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.